Well, good morning, everyone. If you could turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Uh, we'll get there in just one minute. But before we do that, I just want to quickly recap some of what we've been talking about in our current series, Eternity is Now in Session. We've been talking in, the, in this series about the question, what is eternal life? And one of the things that we've said is that eternal life is all about unity with God. And today we want to discuss a problem that we run into. The problem starts with this, the fact that God is good, God is loving, God is perfect. And of course, that's why I desire unity with God. That's why the good life, the abundant life, eternal life, is life with him. And then the problem is that I'm not perfect. I'm a broken and flawed human being. To help us understand this better, let's turn to our passage in Luke chapter 5. And we'll begin at verse 1. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken in. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Now one of the central characters in this passage is Simon Peter. And we don't know everything about Peter and his character, but we do know enough about him from the Gospels to recognize that he did have a sin problem. For one, it appears that Peter may have sometimes been lazy, or at the very least, he had a tendency to fall asleep at times that were not ideal. On one occasion, he was on the mountain with Jesus and some of the other disciples, and Jesus was transfigured. It was an amazing, important event, and yet it begins with Peter asleep. And later, when Jesus is praying in the garden, just before his arrest and eventual crucifixion, Peter is supposed to be keeping watch, but instead he falls asleep three times. We also have reason to believe 
Peter may have had an anger problem. It's a short while after this that Peter cuts off the ear of a servant as the crowd comes to arrest Jesus. Dishonesty was also an issue. Three times in a single night, Peter lied about knowing who Jesus was. Fear may have also been a struggle and doubt. On one occasion, Jesus is walking to the disciples on the water, and to Peter's credit, he gets out of the boat and has the faith to begin walking towards Jesus. But then he begins to sink as he allows fear and doubt to control him, rather than his faith in the Jesus who is standing right in front of him. These are just a few of the sins and flaws that we're aware of in Peter. No doubt if you were to ask him, he would be aware of even more shortcomings within himself. But in our passage this morning, Peter encounters Jesus. Jesus teaches. Jesus does a miracle. And in the presence of Jesus, Peter recognizes that he is not living up to Jesus' standard. And so he falls to his knees and he says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And you know what? I share some of Peter's flaws. I know that I too can be lazy. I know that too often I let fear rather than faith rule in my life. Now, I don't necessarily share all of Peter's flaws, but there are other ways besides that that I know that I sin. I have idols in my life. I have things that I sometimes allow to take God's place as the priority in my life. You know, I have a suspicion that I probably am not the only one who has observed as the world seems to be shutting down around us. And as things like shopping become much more difficult, that I begin to understand just how much consumerism, really the sin of covetousness, is a part of my life. So how about you? How are you broken? How are you flawed? In the presence of Jesus, Peter has a profound awareness of his own brokenness. In his book, John Ortberg says that as humans, we have a profound, mysterious, unfixable tendency to foul things up. And when I encounter Jesus, I realize that the problem isn't just other people. I have a profound, mysterious, unfixable tendency to foul things up too. And that tendency, my sin, it holds me captive. Like Peter, I must fall at the feet of Jesus in repentance. And together with him, I say, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And yet we remember that eternal life, abundant life, is not life apart from Jesus. It's life with Jesus. And so it's important to notice how Jesus responds to Peter. Jesus isn't surprised by Peter's confession. He does not say to Peter, if you're such a sinner, I can't use you. And when Peter says, go away from me, Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, you know what, Peter, you're right. 
it's better if I leave. No, instead, he essentially says, don't be afraid, Peter. This very confession of sin that you think disqualifies you, it's just what I was waiting for to be able to use you. You are forgiven. I want you to be free. Or maybe we should consider the example of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector who made himself rich by cheating others out of their money. When Zacchaeus pursues Jesus, going to great lengths to see him, of course, we all know the song, he climbs up in the sycamore tree. And what does Jesus do? Jesus forgives him. He enters the house of this sinner. And then Zacchaeus rightly recognizes that true repentance means that he needs to change. It means that he needs to right his wrongs. And so he repays those he has cheated. He returns to them four times as much as he took. Making right our wrongs is a part of repentance. And I think we could pause and consider the question, who have you wronged? What do you need to do to make it right? And so we have Peter and we have Zacchaeus, sinners whom God has forgiven. And we have me and we have you, Sinners who desire abundant and eternal life that can only be found in the presence of Jesus. And for all of us, we know that forgiveness is available. We know this because of the cross. Because a good and holy God loved us enough that he would die for us. So we could have life together with him. He went to such great lengths to bring us to him not to push us away. And so what I want us to do today is to turn to him. That's what the word repentance means. It means to turn, to turn away from our sins and the things that keep us from God and to turn towards Jesus. You are a broken human being. I am a broken human being. But God loves you so much. So let's turn to him. And as we do so, let's remember that we're in this together. We're all sinners. We're all in need of forgiveness. We're all in continuous need of turning ourselves towards God. So what I want us to do for a minute here is to imagine. To imagine what it would look like if we would all take this to heart. If we were willing to admit our faults if we would push each other towards Jesus, and if we were open and willing to listen to others who pointed out our faults, how could we grow together? How could we become more Christ-like together? How could we be Jesus' hands and feet to the world around us together? And I have a feeling that in the coming days, the answer to that question it's going to be more important than ever. And here's the thing. We know that we're going to continue to mess up. Again, we can look at Peter. We know that he was flawed, but we also know that God used him. And by the time we get to the book of Acts, we see Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. He does miracles in Jesus' name. Thousands of people are baptized when he preaches. 
Peter becomes a central leader in the early church. But he also still makes mistakes. In Galatians, we, disco- uh, we discover that he succumbs to peer pressure. That he acts in some very racist ways to some Gentile Christians. And so the Apostle Paul has to rebuke Peter. And you know what? Things like that are going to happen to us too. We're going to continue to make mistakes. But let us also continue to turn to Jesus. Let's support each other on that journey towards him. You and me, we are broken and flawed human beings. But God loves us. He wants to be with us. And we're all in on this together. Would you pray with me? Our dear Heavenly Father, I am so thankful this morning that we are in this together. And perhaps now um, that's what we need to understand the most, that even though we're physically separated and there's distance here, that we have things that unite us. And unfortunately, one of those things that that unites us is sin. And God, I pray you would help us to understand that. Pray that you would allow us to see our own faults, to be open to understanding them. Not so that they can get between you and us, but God, so that we can turn to you and turn away from our sins. That we can be drawing closer to you, becoming more like you. God, may you be transforming us as individuals, but also as a community. May you show us how to be your hands and feet. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.